0: Okay, so, um, last week we were talking about spirit and mind, and this, uh, the need to be people who operate primarily from our spirits rather than our minds. Um, And how that's been a real challenge over this last however long, because everything's been coming at you about thinking about it, and being in your mind, and working it all out, and all that sort of stuff, and you've even walked in this building with very much what you can do and what you can't do and where you can't go and all that sort of stuff upright and that that kind of crushes your spirit but you've done very well at getting out of that pretty quick so well done praise God for that that's wonderful Um, but this morning I want to I want to speak about uh, what we what the Bible talks about prophecy but but what we could also call speaking and listening to the spirit that's what it's really about it's just about being in tune with the spirit of God and listening to the spirit of God and, um, and I want to talk about that for a few reasons because I think it's really important that if we're going to enjoy everything that we have the opportunity to enjoy in these coming months and years, it will only happen if we learn to walk more and more by the Spirit. You won't get to experience any of the goodness of it by working it all out with your mind. Um, I stand by everything I've said over this last a year or so, about a new era and new opportunities, but it really is becoming increasingly clear that we won't experience it unless we learn to work more and more by the Spirit, unless we learn to hear the voice of the Spirit, speak the voice of the Spirit, and more importantly, obey the voice of the Spirit, then although there are new dimensions, we won't be able to enter into them or enjoy them. Because your mind won't get it, and your mind uh, is probably the thing that's most likely to stop you getting into anything new of God. Your mind's probably the thing that's most likely to stop you. Because we said last week there's this conflict going on all the time. So we're going to talk about uh, this idea of of the prophetic. And really, the prophetic voice of the church deals with what we might call the, the present future. So a true prophetic voice, or anybody who is truly prophetic, really calls people into the future. It's a future that's present and available now, but only if the criteria to get into it is met. And when that criteria is met, you can enter moments filled with hope, possibility, adventures, exploits, and all the goodness of God. And you can understand and discern what's going on. So a prophetic voice, a true prophet, I'll be able to say it by the end of this talk, um, pulls you into something new and helps you understand what's gone on before. But not only do they see what's going on, not only do they see the trouble of the day and pull you to something new, they also help you to get there. That's the key thing. There are lots of people who can see what's going on or tell you what's happening. But a true prophetic voice is one that helps you make that transition and helps you get there. Um, Which is exactly what Jesus did as he walked along the seashore in Galilee. Because he called Simon, Peter and Andrew to himself. We read this. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Or you could paraphrase it another way. The time of the past is fulfilled, that's gone, and there's a new time available. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then Jesus is basically going, look, it's here, it's in my hand, I've brought it to you. I want you to repent, which means turn towards what was and to something new. And believe in this good news that I'm bringing and carrying, because you can experience it right now. And up, up to that point in their lives, they were just normal fishermen. But then Jesus walks into their world, and within a moment, he opens up a new land of opportunity. Now, they probably had no idea what he was saying, but he was casting a new net, if you like, with the words he was speaking, which was creating a future that they could walk in. So he was speaking something over them that offered them a new opportunity that if they wanted, they could walk in. Well, that is what it means to be prophetic. It means to create a new future for somebody that they have the opportunity to walk in, to speak it over them and declare it over them. So Jesus, when he says, follow me, he's been prophetic in the true sense of the word. He's going, hey, there's a whole new future and you can leave the past behind and experience something completely new if you fulfill the criteria, which for that word was leave that and come with me. And of course they did. They had an incredible three years. But but when you speak like that, when people speak like that, it frames a new picture. It takes what is and casts it into a bigger picture than that was, often with a totally different perspective, but never discounting what has already been, but also redeeming it and weaving it into what is to come. So what happened with the fishermen was that the future that God had intended for them became their present because they got into it straight away, or, or they started to get into it. And that which had been their present had become their past everything changed he called him into the future and though they had no idea what he was actually talking about I mean they didn't have a clue what they were getting themselves into uh, and maybe some of them at times wished they'd not got themselves into it but they went all right well I'm going to follow and as soon as they did things start opening up and of course that unfolding is really key because it, it wasn't a one-off choice to follow him Every day, they'd have to decide, am I going to follow Jesus again today? When he gets up, am I going to do what he asked me to do? I'm going to walk with him, as you do as well. Your choice is a daily, a momentary choice. Every day, I decide, am I going to follow Jesus? Am I going to live by the Spirit? Am I going to be bold enough to listen to the Spirit, to speak the Spirit, to talk of the Spirit? Of course, living like that has many responsibilities and many distractions. And Jesus knew still knows that many people who were called and many who had been given the opportunity to follow him and walk into a whole new future would find varying excuses and distractions which would take them away from following him wholeheartedly. So he told stories about people who wanted to build but didn't count the cost. He told stories about people who wanted to follow but didn't want to give up their reputation or status or finance. He um, told stories about people who wanted a future but refused to give up the past. And all those things happened to Jesus and they still happen today. Because the challenge is to keep saying a continual yes to that call of Jesus to follow him. That exciting adventure into which you and I are called. But real simple then, prophecy is when somebody begins to speak the good things of God. That's all it is. When you speak the good things of God, you are prophesying. Because you speak in the heart of God. And I don't, I don't mean by speaking Bible verses over them. I mean by speaking peace, blessing, good things, healing, wholeness, and encouragement, which may include or summarize or be a part of something in the Bible. But of course, when people do that, at that moment, they are speaking the very heart of God over that person. If you tell someone that they are loved, chosen, blessed, healed, they've got a future and a hope that God dreams of them, thinks thoughts of peace continually, that he intends a life filled with his goodness, you are prophesying over them which means you've probably all prophesied at some point because you've all said good things over Sunday, I would hope. At some point, at some stage. And of course, in that moment when you do that, you are foretelling, you are proclaiming, you are sharing, you are giving good news and speaking into their difficulties and challenges. And as you do so, you're offering an opportunity for them to receive it and walk into it. So this morning when I prayed, I also prophesied. Because I declared a new future was available and a different future was possible. But of course, all I can do is pray it and say it and declare it, and I believe it's true, and I know because I got a picture of a wall and I got a picture of a bulldozer and all that, so I say it and I pray it. But of course, you can either sit there and go, yes, or you can go, well, that's very nice. But there is a criteria to enter into it. And the criteria to enter into it is just going, thank you, yes. I agree. Whenever anybody prays for me, I am vocal the whole time. I'm going, yes, thank you, Jesus. I agree. Thank you. It doesn't matter whether I feel it or not. I don't need to feel anything. But if they're speaking and declaring something good over me, I'm going, yeah, I want that. I'm having it. Yes, Lord, I agree. What am I doing? I'm fulfilling the criteria for the thing to come to pass in my life by agreeing with what they're saying over me. And more and more, you know when we're together I feel like God said to me more and more we're going to do it together we're going to pray for each other together I'm not going to come around and have ministry lines and lay hands on people unless God specifically tells me to do it because we've got to get used to God touching us in that place and know it comes from God and not relying on some alleged man of God or woman of God to to be the one that we run to and come to a prayer line because if you can get it in this place you can get it at home you can get it out on the street, and you can give it at home, and you can give it out on the street. But if you get used to a culture that says, well, it only happens when I come to this church, and we sing for half an hour, and then I come out to the front, and I'm like, blah, uh. blah, but, but there may be times like that. If God specifically says there may be times, and we'll do it. But most of the time, I think it'll be like I just did it. Because we've got to learn to grow up and receive it and go, yes, I'm having it. We've got to learn to receive the heart and go, yes, I'm having that. It's for me. I can have it. I'm glad you agree with me for Nobody else seems to. Oh, I'd, rather, I'd rather him talk to me individually. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure you would, but there we go. God is talking to you individually, and it's God that you want, and it's God that you need, and it's God that's got the answers. And there may be times to talk individually. There will. There'll always be that. But we've got to learn to come to a place where it's God that we need, and it's God we hunger for, and it's the touch of God we want not the touch of somebody's hand on our shoulder. There will be that, and it will happen. And of course, course the more you do that, and the more you do that, the more you say things, it can be quite painful, because not everybody wants it. Not everybody sees it, not everybody wants to get into it, and that can be painful. Because you can start seeing things for people that you know they could have, but they go, as Jesus did with all these people who went, well, you know, I don't really want to do this, and I've got this to think about, and I've got that to think about, and I've got the other to think about, and there's this and that, and there's the other. Okay. But eventually, when you, when you love people more and more, and you see futures for people that you know they could have, but they choose not to walk in, that's painful. So, so learning to flow in this place is beautiful, as you were all doing, but just be aware, it's not all fun. Sometimes it's really sad, and really painful. Because one of the great enemies of getting into the fullness of our future is the good that we presently enjoy. One of the great enemies of getting into the fullness of our future is the good that we presently enjoy. The fishermen had it good. They had a business, they had boats, flea of them, they had an income, they had friends, they had had a whole lifestyle. But in order to get more, they had to be willing to give it all up. You see, if you want more, if you want to move into a new and a different future, you've got to be willing to give up the good that you presently enjoy to enter the better that is your future. It's why it's often much easier in much poorer nations to pray for people because it's already pretty rubbish for them. But we've got it pretty good. 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Those who prophesy speak to people for their strengthening Encouragement and comfort. Okay, which means you've all prophesied and you all can. You can encourage and you can strengthen and you can comfort. So you've already all got that ability. In fact, you've got it whether you know Jesus or not, to be honest, you've all got the ability to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. But of course, when we strengthen, encourage and comfort, we've got to be make sure we've got to make sure that we do it in such a way that's understandable. To the person that we're talking to. It's really important. You see, God is always trying to make things simple and clear. He's not trying to dazzle you, He's not trying to make it complicated. He is not trying to make your heart mind boggle at His superiority and how awesome and amazing He is. He just wants it as simple as possible for His kids. Holy Spirit is the most accurate, smart, clever, profound, ordered, spontaneous, creative being in the universe. He doesn't need you to make him look good or clever. He already is good and clever. He just needs you to make it simple so the person you're talking to can actually understand. You see, it says here in 1 Corinthians 14. When I remember where 1 Corinthians is and I find it. There we go. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So if the person you're talking to don't grasp your meaning, you may as well talk to them in some foreign language. And of course, the, the incredible thing about Holy Spirit is, on the day of Pentecost, when he got poured out, they all understood each other. They all spoke in intelligible languages. In other words, it was about communication. It was about the ability to communicate in a language that could be understood. Well, that's, that's what we've got the ability to do. But that will mean changing your language depending upon where you are and depending upon who you are speaking to. It means being aware. You can't just go, oh, to you, I'm going to quote this and this in the King James Bible. Well, that's all right if, you know, they've grown up reading the King James and they love it and they think it's fantastic. Fantastic. But try talking like that to a 15-year-old and he'll go, huh? I mean, they will probably go, huh, mm-hmm, anyway. But, um, but you understand me, we've got to actually make it We've got to share in a way that's understandable, which you can do, but you've got to just listen to spirit. That's why often you get an image, a picture, um, an idea, a thought, because God wants to speak in a language people can understand. So that's why. And when I say an image, a picture, I don't. Sometimes this language I find really, it's not like I saw a vision of a bulldozer rumbling along. Like I just thought about a bulldozer. That's what happened then. I just thought about it. and That's what I mean by saying, I get, where did that come from? Oh, well, it must be from God, because it's got something to do with breaking through a wall. There we go. And the more you, well, of course, Romans 12, 3 says this. Because you've got to do it with the faith you've already got. Because Romans 12, verse 3 says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you are, but in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So each of you have got some faith. And he doesn't expect you to operate in my measure of faith or anybody else's measure of faith. He expects you to operate in the faith you've been given for now. But faith is like a muscle that grows as you build it. So the more you do it, the more you get better at it. And the more confident you are. And the more you just go for it. And the less you become worried about getting it wrong because you realize if you're doing it in God with the right heart, you can't really get it wrong. But of course, it's like I said last week, some of us have been so... So mind orientated of this last year, that our spirit's been a bit quenched. It's like it's like our muscles have weakened a little bit, maybe even wasted a little bit. Maybe your faith muscle feels a bit wasted, a bit weakened. Okay, well you know what to do. Train it up again. Get practicing. Get using it. Go for it. There's there's nothing more powerful than just being able to sit and go. You know what? As you're like getting a water at the water cooler at work, I just thought like I've seen this. I've had this idea that. It's like a car racing along super fast and suddenly it slams its brakes and I wonder if that's how you feel. Honestly, it can be that simple. And if you hear that in God, they'll go, do you know what? That's exactly how I feel. How did you know that? Suddenly, right there, you're in. It's not complicated. And they might go, I don't know what you're on about. All right, okay. What have you lost? That'll happen as well. But we've just got to, if if we want to see something more, we've got to do something different, haven't we? We've got to step out more and more. But it's exciting. Listen, that's why you often get the same few people kind of standing forward in in this meeting and sharing things. Why? Because they've used that muscle all the time. So now they hear really clearly. Some of them have a bit of a gift as well. But they hear clearly. And actually they're able to do it. But we can all do it. We should all be doing it. Talking, encouraging, blessing, strengthening. All the things we can do. But remember that each time that flowing in that place will often bring conflict in your mind. You will often be struck with what will they think, what will they say, what if I get it wrong, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. Well, what if you get it right and they get blessed? What if you're going to be obedient to God anyway? What if we thought about that he is actually the king and nobody else is my king? And I'm going to do what he says. And if I hear it wrong, he knows I'm doing my best to listen. I know it's all easy said than done, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. So listen, we we often talk about being an apostolic and a prophetic church. And being a prophetic church means that we operate in this place all the time. And by this place, I mean the place of bringing hope, new possibilities, new dimensions, and speaking the future into the present, framing a new picture for people, People walking from darkness into light, seeing new possibilities for their futures, choosing to leave the past behind and walk into futures that have been decreed over them. That's what it means to be a prophetic church, to bring people into a new future and leave the past behind, not just leave it and pretend it's not there, but find healing and restoration and forgiveness and come to a new place. That's what it really means to be a prophetic people. It's not that you can stand there and go, the Lord says that on the 5th of September... That's not being a prophetic church, that's just giving a word. Mm -hmm. Being a prophetic church is about a whole, not just the person who is prophetic or the people are, but bringing people along with them into a new future. Which means that if you have been brought into a new future and you've left something of the past behind, you are a prophetic sign. You are. So I am a prophetic sign. Am I prophetic? Do I have the gift of prophet? No, no. I'm a prophetic. Well, yes, because I'm filled with the Spirit, just like you are. But my life is prophetic because it speaks of somebody spoke a future over me, and I dealt with the past, and I went from the past into the future. So my life is a prophetic sign, and so is yours if you've dealt with anything in the past and moved in a new future. That's why we're a prophetic church. Not because we might occasionally write some prophetic words down. That's what it really means to be prophetic. Anyone can and should prophesy, and anybody can stand up and give a word, but there's nothing particularly special in one sense about that. What is special is when people who hear a new future and they walk into it and they get helped walking into it, and the past gets left behind and present futures become present realities. That's special, and that's the mark of a truly prophetic church family. So, if you want to know whether somebody's really prophetic, I mean, they can give themselves the title of a prophet all they want, but if they're really prophetic, You don't want to look at them. Look at the people around them. The people that they are serving and seeing. And go, are these people moving into a new future? Or are they just proclaiming what can and should happen all the time? Then they've got part of it. But actually, they're meant to be moving people into a new future. That's what it means to be prophetic. A true prophetic church and a true prophet redeems the past. As we acknowledge and deal with it. And causes the present to become the future as it's called forward. So the fruit of a prophet is not a series of blogs about the future but the people they are serving begin to see through the eyes of Jesus. They begin to see like the prophet says. They begin to reproduce the same kind of seeing and discerning. They see and speak the future rather than hold on to the past and present. They're able to look forward and go this is where we're going. This is what we're seeing. This is what's happening. And of course It's fantastic. So each time, if you are praying for Martin, just as Anchor did like then, and starts going, we're going to see him walking, we're going to see this. Okay, well, you've been prophetic then, aren't you? You're not going, oh, Lord, he's in that place, and it's really terrible, and it's really awful. Okay, well, there's nothing prophetic about that. There's just everything pathetic about that. Because being prophetic means going, no, there's a future, and there's a hope. And you realize, though, you realize there are very few people who are like that in this world, day. Do you read that in the newspaper? Do you see that on the news? Anybody going, there's a future, there's a hope, there's a way forward? Oh, hang on, there's a way forward, but then we're going to have a ton of caveats on the end. You're free? No, no, you're not really. (laughs) Praise God, Jesus says you're free and do not have a list of caveats on the end of it. Then again, it would never the government's job to give us our freedom, because we're already free. They can never take it away and they can never give us it back. Unless we submit to it, of course. Finally, and this is really important, what you feed grows. What you feed grows. So that's true in the natural. It's a basic principle in the world. If you feed your body too much, it grows. It's just what happens. But listen, the prophetic voice of the church deals with the present, and future. It helps you understand the present and the past, and propels you into a new future. So if you want to understand the past and the present in the spirit, you've got to listen to somebody who hears and speaks in the spirit. That's what a prophetic voice is for. If you want to understand the present in your mind, then listen with somebody who is preoccupied with the mind. It's not complicated really. And there will always be conflict between the two because what is shared in the spirit is from the heart of God and nearly everything else that you see is not from the heart of God. Because it's not prophetic, because as we've already said, it doesn't speak about a future, it doesn't speak of hope, it doesn't speak of good things, it doesn't speak of new possibilities. It just generally tries to suck the life out of you. And of course, if that's all you're taking on board, well the life will be sucked out of you. It just will. So you've got to ask, okay, how, how are you feeding your spirit? Which trusted prophetic voices are you listening to? so you can understand the past and present and make sure you get into your future. Because if you're not listening to those voices, you won't understand it, you won't understand what's going on, and you won't see it. Now, very often, those prophetic voices are not always easy to understand with your mind. They don't always make sense in your mind because they are so contrary to everything else that you hear. It's like, okay, but there's this and there's this and like, this is there's such a massive gap sometimes, it's really difficult. But that gap's not going to get smaller. The gap between what you hear in the world and on the news and everywhere else and what the Spirit of God says is not going to get, they're not going to come together, I don't believe. They're probably going to get further apart. And of course, this is the thing. So when you watch all the stuff that Paul puts out on his videos, which is really prophetic, and I recognize, of course, for years he's done that sort of stuff abroad. And I've seen him do it in Kenya and Nepal and America and all over. And I've seen him sit with people in Nepal and um, ministers of the government and speak to them and do all that sort of stuff. He's not really done it as much here until this time. So it feels a bit new for us for him to share in that way. And because it's so, uh, because he is so full of spirit and because he's so clear and he's so sharp and he's so passionate, often it's like, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit overwhelming. It's a bit strong. It's a bit too much. But listen, your spirit, if you let it, will catch spirit in it. Yeah. But if your mind is trying to kill it, your mind will kill it. That's what happens. You listen with your mind, and then you go, well, he's saying that same thing that this person said over here, but they're a bit of a wacko. Well, sometimes it's the wackos that get it right. You just find out a year, 18 months further down the line, after they got dis- as wackos and all the rest. I'm not saying every wacko's right. Most of them are wrong and most of them are wackos. But occasionally, (laughs) occasionally, God uses donkeys. No, but really? We we shouldn't be like, this is why we've got to learn in this thing for what, what is spirit. And if you judge everything that comes out by the world's eyes, you will miss much of the heart of God. Because God speaks in all sorts of ways. And he doesn't always use... The people that your mind says are the right people. He often used the very opposite of what your mind thinks is the right people. Which is why we've got to learn to communicate and listen in this spirit way. So, listen. I, I thought you all did incredibly well this morning because you just released your spirit and it created a beautiful atmosphere. It was fantastic. Well done. Really well done. It really encouraged me. I thought it might take us a little while to get there. But like, you guys were on it. Well done. Fantastic. Loved that. And that's just going to grow. So if every time you come in here, you get in that place, and I mean you. I'm not looking at these two. I'm looking at all of you because we know it's not about them. It's about you. Okay, it's about us together. And when we're together, hey, and it'll be different every time. But you've just got to go, okay, I'm walking this place now. In this place my spirit's gonna come forth and my mind's gonna take a back seat. Yeah. And then you'll get used to it so much you'll start doing it at home and you'll start doing it at work and you'll start just breaking out in prayers because it'll become normal to you. Mm-hmm. But listen, let's go back. Let's be people who speak to people for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. You are all able to do that. It is not difficult. But let's be those people who do that. And let's be people who think about, okay, how am I feeding my spirit? Because if you want to get into everything that there is to get into over these coming months and however long, you will need to be in tune with your spirit. And your mind at times will scream at you that this is a daft, stupid thing to do. But you will see. If you go with your spirit and you're accountable and you're submitted and you're talking to people about it and you're praying about it, you will see God do incredible things. You will see it in your lives, in your places. I honestly believe that. Shall we pray? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, who lives on the inside of each of us, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the ability to strengthen, encourage, and comfort people. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us more and more. We say, Lord, we want to be a... We we, uh, identify as spiritual people, as people of the spirit. But Lord, we want that to be true in reality. Not just a label we speak of ourselves, but actually true in reality. And Lord, we want to see, we want to discern, we want to understand, we want to know what is going on and understand it. And Father, we pray as well, Lord, that those prophetic voices, Lord, that you have given us as a church family, that you would help us to listen listen, to hear and to understand and to take it in and see it, Father, for our sake, Lord, and for the world's sake and our world's sake, Father. Lord, we thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.